This is episode 583 of the AWS podcast, released on May 4th, 2023. Here at the AWS podcast, we really do love to get your feedback. One place you can do it is off the podcast page where there's a button that says submit questions and feedback, and you can record audio and send it to us which is pretty cool. We do love to listen to it. We love to share it when you give us permission to as well. Please give it a go. We'd love to hear from you. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the official AWS podcast. We got some exciting updates with all the things machine learning with AWS Inferentia 2. I'm Hanwin Lochran, also known as Han Solo the co-host of the official AWS podcast, and I am joined by Shruti Ko Parker. Welcome. Hey, Han. Thanks for having me. So before we get started, tell us a little bit about yourself and what do you do for Amazon Web Services? Uh, sure. Um, I am the product marketing lead uh, for all things AI ML acceleration. I sit in the EC2 product marketing team and I focus on our accelerated computing um, instances. So all the instances that are built for accelerated workloads, such as machine learning, graphics, gaming, and so on and so forth. So cool. Awesome. So we're here to discuss a really cool service update called AWS Inferentia 2, the highest performance at the lowest cost in Amazon EC2 for the most demanding machine learning workloads. So before diving into AWS Inferentia 2, what is it exactly? Yeah. So AWS Inferentia 2 is our second generation of Inferentia accelerators. These are machine learning accelerators purpose-built by AWS for accelerating machine learning inference. Um, the other accelerator in the series is AWS Trainium, which is built for accelerating training workloads. And the one thing to note about all three of these accelerators, right, Inferentia, Trainium, as well as Inferentia 2, is that they are designed here at AWS and built from the ground up. So think, you know, chip level innovation, but also innovation at the server, data center, all the way up to the software stack. Um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Cool. So I like to always go back to the why. So why did we decide to build our own ML accelerators? Yeah, no, the why is is always an important question. Um, and I think the answer to this question really lies in the AI and ML evolution that we've seen over the last decade or so. So AI has been around for much longer than that. But over the last decade, what we've seen is this sort of this flywheel effect or a virtuous cycle um, that starts with innovation, innovation of, you know, more um, interesting machine learning models, um, innovation in ways to speed them up. That innovation then unlocks several different applications and use cases. And that leads then to a demand for productization. Uh, more and more companies want to embed machine learning into their products to deliver delightful experiences. And as more companies do this, uh, comes a need for an investment in better tooling, better software, better infrastructure. And this better infrastructure and software then, of course, fuels better innovation and more innovation. So it's sort of this virtuous cycle that, that keeps uh, going round and round. And so, you know, if you really think about it, we've come a long way over the last decade going from convolutional neural networks where, you know, you could say, uh, for example, detect the uh, a cat in an image 
to generative AI, where just with a text prompt that says, paint me a picture of a cat sipping a margarita, uh, you know, sitting on the moon, um, you can actually have the algorithm spit out an image that looks just like that. So yeah, we've come a really long way. And we've had a front seat. AWS has had a front seat to, to a lot of this because more machine learning happens on AWS than anywhere else. We have tens of thousands of customers who've run machine learning on AWS. And we heard them loud and clear. You know, as they did incorporate more and more machine learning into their products, they wanted better, faster, more performant, more cost-effective machine learning infrastructure. And so that's that's why we we decided to build our own ML accelerators. Now for AWS Inferentia 2, in particular, the model sizes have grown from having hundreds of millions of parameters to hundreds of billions of them. And deploying these, you know, giant, almost like ultra large models is extremely expensive and energy intensive. Uh, customers are forced to use training optimized instances, which have a lot more resources, but, but they're not cost optimal for inference. And so AWS Inferential 2 has been purpose built to meet the cost performance as well as sustainability goals for customers deploying these ultra large machine learning models. Yes, and we do need all those models to paint me a picture of a cat sipping margarita to the moon. So that's funny. <laughs> Can you give us some example of how customers are benefiting from our ML Silicon innovation? Yeah. So, you know, we have customers from the smallest of startups to largest enterprises that are using Inferentia. Uh, ByteDance is an example. ByteDance is a company that operates platforms such as TikTok. And engineers from ByteDance have published a blog that outlines how deploying on Inferentia has helped them save up to 60% on cost. Um, Qualtrics is another example. You know, people who attended reInvent last year may have heard of them in Adam's keynote. Together, with their innovation on model compression, but also deploying on Inferentia. Uh, they have seen 2x better throughput and reduced their cost per inference by 40%. And then we have several others like you know, Sprinkler, Finch Computing, but also Amazon Teams, um, Amazon Ads, <laughs> Amazon Alexa, Amazon Search, who have seen these price and performance benefits. And it's, it's been quite the journey and very gratifying to see them realize these benefits. Cool. So like, you know, tell us a little bit more about this Inf2 instance. Compared to Inf1, what makes them more suitable for these ultra-large models? Yeah. So to make it clear for our listeners, you know, the Inf2 instances are the instances that sit in the Amazon EC2 portfolio that are powered by this AWS Inferentia to Accelerator. And so compared to our first generation Inf1 instances, Inf2 has 3x higher compute, 4x larger accelerator memory with 10x faster memory bandwidth. And, you know, it's it kind of makes sense, right? To be able to deploy these ultra large models, you do need more compute, you need much more memory. Um, and so we obviously have built all of those things in. The other thing to note is that Inferentia 2 is the first inference optimized instance to support distributed inference with ultra high speed connectivity between the accelerators. And so th these are some of sort of the hardware uh, features or specifications. We've also made lots of improvements and lots of innovation on the software level. Uh, and then perhaps we can talk about it later. But what this nets out to, right, because these are all features, what are the outcomes that customers will get? So 
INF2 delivers 4x higher throughput and 10x lower latency when compared with INF1 instances. So there is, you know, a huge gain in, in performance. So yeah, we are pretty excited about uh, making this service available to our customers. Gotcha. And then we do have some customers that are currently using INF1. So for those that are using INF1 but couldn't get some of the performance or model support they wanted, does INF2 address some of those needs? Yes, absolutely. So actually, just this is where I would love to talk about how we've sort of built on the software support we had for INF1, and we are extending the model support to a growing set of models, including uh, GPTs, vision transformers, diffusion models, object detectors, recommenders, etc. And you know, deep learning is evolving so quickly, so we will continue adding to this list. The other thing to note is that even though INF2 has been built for these ultra-large models, models. It's also suitable for smaller models, and it will improve the performance as well as the price performance that customers or users have seen on INF1. So yes, absolutely. If, if folks have tried INF1 but couldn't quite get the performance or the model support they wanted, they should definitely check out INF2. Gotcha. And just like going back to the use cases or application, right, um, that are suitable for Inf2, like if I've seen some from gaming industry and you mentioned Alexa, what are other use cases that are suitable for Inf2? Yeah, so, you know, INF2 is suitable for a broad set of applications such as natural language understanding, language translation, video and image generation, speech recognition, uh, personalization, fraud detection, and more. Um, to start with, we have focused on language models, especially the large language models, which are very popular, and computer vision models, such as vision transformers or diffusion models. And like I said, we will keep expanding the model support. Now, from a use case standpoint, you know, we have use cases across several different industries. So of course, because you know we are supporting language models, you can think of use cases such as chatbots or virtual assistants or you know things like um, Alexa. But also, you know, language models can also be used for uh, in the field of protein folding and, and genetics. Because, you know, again, I'm, I'm not a great expert when it comes to that field. But, you know, DNA, RNA or proteins, like all of these in, in a way are encoded as a sequence. And ultimately, it's it's very similar to a language, um, not the, you know, English or Spanish, but it's its own language. And so you can use large language models for those applications. But then if you talk about computer vision models, you know, there are several use cases across medical imaging and diagnostics. Um, we also have a, a customer, for example, who use radar technology to sort of detect, uh, try to see if there are any faults in, say, your building, like concrete buildings or in, foundation, in the foundation for your house and things like that. And their output of the radar technology is essentially an image. And so now they are using machine machine learning, you know, instead of having people inspect these images, because, you know, that, that is what used to happen. Now they're using machine learning, which is, it provides better accuracy. So uh, the use cases are, you know, you, you just have to be creative enough. And, uh, you know, there's so much innovation in the field that we are seeing use cases across several different industries. Yeah, and that's amazing to go from natural language understanding uh, NLU to computer vision and radar. That's amazing. So uh, in terms of like customers running applications on Amazon EC2, you know, what are their options and how does Inf2 fit in those options? 
Yeah, so you know, Amazon EC2 is the broadest and deepest compute platform for virtually any workload. And it has been built keeping flexibility in mind. We want to give customers the choice and the flexibility to be able to optimize price, performance, and you know, uh, any other requirements they might have. And so within the Amazon EC2 portfolio, we have several machine learning accelerators like GPUs, Habana Gaudi, and of course, our own AWS Trainium and AWS Inferential. Now, GPUs are well-suited for machine learning workloads, and if developers prefer using those, we have a wide portfolio of GPU-based instances. But if you are operating at a ML framework level and um, you want to optimize your performance and cost further, because this is a need that we hear you know, over and over again. So if that's the case, it is super easy to try out into instances. And our early results with our early customers has shown that you know, INF2 delivers up to 70% better price performance, 3x higher throughput, up to 3x higher throughput, and up to 8x lower latency as compared to comparable GPU-based instances. And also, you know, sustainability and energy efficiency is something customers are thinking about. And INF2 delivers 50% better performance per watt over comparable GPU-based instances. It's really easy to try out INF2 for you know, their specific use cases if, if developers operate at the framework level and then see the benefits for themselves and then make that choice. Gotcha. So uh, I'm going to put my developer hat on. And uh, as a developer, do I need to make any changes to my application to run my models on INF2? Yes, no, this is this is a really great question. And the answer is no, they don't. Or no, you don't as a developer. You know, ease of use was always from the get-go a guiding North Star uh, when we decided to build our own machine learning accelerators. And that meant that we needed to let developers continue to use their existing frameworks, their existing application code. And so the software stack for, uh, for these accelerators, which is called Neuron SDK, uh, was built with this in mind. So Neuron is natively integrated with PyTorch and TensorFlow, which are some of the most popular ML frameworks. And developers just continue to use these frameworks. And to get started, they don't need to rewrite their application code. Awesome. And uh, next question is, like, do developers like have the flexibility to train on like GPU-based instances and deploying on IMP2? And then after deploying IMP2, they can go back to GPUs if they prefer? Yes, absolutely. So for both our platforms, AWS Inferentia and AWS Trainium, there is no lock-in whatsoever. Um, developers operate at the framework level, choose the target platform that they want, and you know they go from there. So absolutely, you can train on a GPU-based instance and then choose to deploy on an Inferentia-based instance, Inf1 or Inf2. Or you train on, say, Trainium-based TRN1 instance and then deploy on a GPU-based instance. All of those combinations are possible. And after, say, deploying on um, INF2 or INF1, you want it to go back to GPU, uh, you can. It's a two-way door. What we have seen, though, that a lot of customers, once, once they see and experience the benefits on performance and cost, you know, they, they seldom go back. Awesome. It's kind of like the Java uh, philosophy of write once, run anywhere. So I love that flexibility. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So like the field of deep learning is like rapidly evolving. Like how can developers stay engaged with AWS Inferentia and the Neuro SDK that they're doing? 
Yeah. So Amazon EC2 web pages, of course, you know, we have dedicated web pages for the INF2, INF1, as well as the TRN1 instance. Uh, but Neuron documentation, Neuron, which is the Neuron SDK for these accelerators, the, that documentation has a lot of great info on software support, the model architecture supported, lots of easy to use tutorials. And, you know, Neuron is really sort of the layer that they will deal most with because all of the innovation that I talked about, you know, the chip level, the server level, the data center level, Neuron sort of, you know, optimizes your application code to to take advantage and turns it into machine uh, code that can run on these accelerators in a way that it can take advantage of all the innovations across all these layers. Um, and so Neuron SDK and its related documentation is a great place to start, as well as we have its roadmap, Neuron's roadmap available publicly on GitHub. So engage with us there, give us feedback. We would love to hear from you. Repost is another way to get in touch. We have an active community of solution architects who, who monitor the posts there. So yeah, those are a few of the ways that uh, developers can stay engaged. Awesome. So the last question I have for you is, how do we get started? Yes. So as I mentioned, you know, Neuron SDK is a great place to start. Go check out the tutorials there. You know, maybe you just pull out a simple sort of tutorial to deploy, say, the BERT model from Neuron SDK and try out one of these instances. The other thing to note is that uh, all of these INF1, INF2, and TRN1 instances integrate with uh, the relevant AWS managed services. So Amazon ECS, Amazon EKS, as well as Amazon SageMaker. So it's easy to get started started via those as well. Awesome. And we will have all those links in the show notes. So Shruti, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Han. And as always, we love to get your feedback. There is also a link in the show notes to submit your feedback. And until next time, keep on building. <laughs>